0: Yeah, I don't care, Michael.
1: I don't, there's nothing to care about. There's
0: nothing else in the world to care about except this. Ooh. Oh, that was a good one. That was nice.
1: That was for Cindy.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It's Tara and Tacos. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And we eat tacos.
1: We eat tacos and, um, and we make movies.
0: And we make movies. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do now. Um, I'm a big fancy director. You're,
1: uh, I mean, welcome back, everyone. Yeah, this has been an insane week. It's crazy because even on this show, Mm -hmm. even on on the tat, we've been talking about this for so long.
0: And kind of like around it. Around it.
1: it, And we finally don't have to talk around it anymore because our movie, which is now The Finale. The Finale. Formerly known as Final Dress. The Finale. Ah, Ah. uh, um, But it's
0: also a comedy. Yeah, it's hilarious.
1: Um, Is going to be available streaming July twenty eighth, uh huh, and today is what, uh, July sixteenth. Yeah. so less than two weeks, less than
0: two weeks on Amazon Prime. Yeah,
1: and then- which is,
0: okay, so like when we were talking about this early on, we never like even thought Amazon Prime would be a thing.
1: No, I mean we really, I don't know exactly what we thought. Like I have I think no idea. We what had we a were dream thinking. of like maybe we could show it around town or something or get into like a
0: self-distribute self-distribute
1: yeah on some or put it we had even talked paywall. about putting on a paywall on on our youtube uh-huh. site and so to to now be here that it's going to be on amazon prime in less than two weeks and then it'll be on other major streaming services uh-huh. like apple and things like that um yeah, it's fucking, it's insane, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it really is.
0: We did eat uh, tacos. We did. Today. Breakfast tacos. They were which delicious. I just have to mention it because thank you, tacos for keeping me alive. Um, I now live right around the corner. Yeah, you from do. From a tacos, so. I
1: drive past it when I yeah, come over here.
0: It's crazy. So uh, thanks for a, the breakfast tacos. Yeah,
1: it's a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the time when we can actually get together now because yes. of our jobs. But uh, yeah, I mean, this week has been a, a series of text messages we've known for a while. Like our distributor has told us for a while. A
0: a few times.
1: Like, Hey, it's going to be available on the 28th. And you and I have either secretly or just between us been like, but is it really? Is it
0: really? Like, I don't really (laughs) want to talk about it yet because like, is it really? Right. And I like, also I'm going to be really, really honest. So once we found out, by the way, everybody today, we're talking about the finale, the
1: finale. Um, Directed by Christy Vela.
0: The horror movie formerly known as Final Dress, <laughs> a screenplay by Michael Federico. Uh, starring so many of your favorite Dallas folks. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so when we knew it was going to be available, we had the plan had always been like, oh, we'll throw a party, a celebration party yeah. for the cast and the crew, and maybe we'll rent Alamo. Yeah. Maybe we'll just throw it, project it on a wall in somebody's backyard. Sure. Uh, but we have a great executive producer yeah. who gets really excited about things. Max is fired and, up. Yep. And he wanted to do Alamo. Which so is awesome. We're doing a premiere party at the Alamo. And it's just a party. We're not
1: yeah, just for re-
0: any questions. Like, we're not asking for money. We're not selling tickets. No,
1: no. It's really it's like...
0: It's a totally f- private event.
1: Yeah. And finally like a chance to get back together with, with a lot with of the the people game. who worked on it. And, um, and just
0: celebrate. Yeah. Which um, is going to
1: be fun and... and but even
0: that I've been kind of like, is it gonna happen' yeah, like is, is Alamo
1: that, really a thing is Alamo really gonna
0: happen <laughs> and so I've been like every day I don't know around midday i've 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 apologized to everybody on the team there's four of us where I'm like sorry I'm gonna be a nag, but
1: no thank you checking every day.
0: this is these are the things that we We're still need do. to do
1: it's funny like because we even uh the four of us, which is you me are EP, Max Hartman, and um, then Brandon Potter. Who stars in the movie. Uh, yes, he does. And is also you know been an awesome producer. But we, we had an interview. We did an interview the other day with a newspaper in town. <laughs> and it's crazy because even when I left your house, I was like, should we have said it's coming out? Like, is it really coming out? Is it really coming out? And then finally yesterday, the distributor did what they've told us they were going to do of the course. whole time. <laughs> yeah. Because they're cool. And- they, they started posting. They started posting about it and made it public, and so we were. I think both of us finally were like, "Holy shit! Yeah, it, it was, actually is happening." It
0: was crazy. So, like when when our when our social media manager put out the thing that said the finale uh, on Pr- coming to Prime yeah. soon, uh-huh. right? That was one thing. Uh-huh. Because that was out there, out there.
1: Yeah. I just stopped working when I know. I, saw that. I I
0: texted you and I said, I'm sitting at my desk and I just got dizzy. Like, I literally just just got dizzy. Yeah. And I couldn't work for the yeah, rest of the no, day. Yeah, no, I was like, I'm, the, well,
1: I'm closing my computer. That
0: was one step. That was uh-huh. one, because I was like, oh my God, what if it doesn't happen? Right. What if it
1: doesn't <laughs> right. happen? Are we, yeah, right.
0: And then yesterday, um, also Lisa Gonzalez, who's a local actor and she's also in the movie, she shared the 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 post from High Octane Pictures
1: yeah the distributor yeah
0: um that's like High Octane Pictures the finale this available July twenty eighth July twenty eighth which is what they've told us
1: a million times a million
0: times yeah. and I like I just was sitting in my chair and I took a picture of it and texted it to you and then I literally started weeping like I literally was like oh my god okay
1: yeah like it's 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 real it's real. Yeah, and I, I, it's funny because like, I told you, I it was like I showed Aspen because we were just sitting around um, before we all went swimming yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have, this is, I'm so old, Christy. I've never used Instagram stories. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it either. <laughs> and then once I saw that, I was like, I'm going to do my first story ever.
0: How do I make a story? <laughs> so Aspen
1: had to show me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then I I also kind of thought it was awesome because we all went swimming yesterday to like a pool party. But uh, this all, this started in a pool.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. So I was thinking about
1: that. Like, I mean, literally now it's for you and me.
0: For you and me. That's another story. Yeah. That we will talk about. Yes.
1: But like seven, seven years. Yeah. In 2016, we were swimming at one of. uh, At
0: my place. Yeah. You're the 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 townhome, like two or two or three places
1: ago, right? And that's when you had sort of not sort of when you, in reality, just turned to me in the pool and said, "Hey, we should do, uh, we should make a horror movie about uh, a a theater camp, a musical theater camp, and like that's." And then I was like, "That's a great idea." And
0: I mean, like it, it, I had because I'd been kicking it around for a little bit. I feel like, oh, okay, well, let's talk about the origin origin story of it. Yeah, and. So years ago, I don't remember what, if it was, I left the theater center in 2017, something like that. And it was while I was still a company member at the theater center mm-hmm. that I did Romeo and Juliet.
1: Yeah. That's how I saw that. Yeah.
0: Right. And, uh, we, they were doing promo videos to, to promote the yes. show. Oh,
1: holy shit. That's right. Yeah.
0: And they wanted to do kind of like a CSI or yes. like SVU type promo for Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And the pro, the marketing department came to me and said, Hey, would you be, even though I was in the show, I was playing Friar Lawrence, mm-hmm. um, they came up to me and they were like, would you be interested in playing the detective in in these promo videos? And I was like, uh, yes. Of course. Like they knew my secret dream.
1: That's totally the dream. And
0: they said, do you know anybody who would play a detective with you? And I said, yes. Yes, Yes, do. I do. And I, that moment, I emailed Mike and I was like, would you like to play? There's no pay involved, but would you like to play a detective with me on this thing? And you were like, yes. Absolutely. Yes, I do. So it was a super cold night. Yeah, it was freezing. For freezing. Yes,
1: I mean like and, and we like, were shooting outside. Shooting outside and like actual freezing, not like us being Dallas people, like no, no, no. Oh, it's so cold. No, it was like in the twenties. It was in the
0: twenties. It was freezing <laughs> and we did this promo shoot, which maybe we should just for, maybe we should repost it.
1: Yeah. I, I've
0: reposted on our, on we, our tag we
1: shot outside of a church. We
0: shot, shot outside Cathedral of Hope.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah.
0: In, over in the neighborhood.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and that was like. I, we
0: had so much fun. Yeah. Even in the frozen weather.
1: And it was like, okay, so that's totally like the birth of you and me being a detective yeah, team.
0: Like we got in your car cause you were driving me to my car cause yeah, it was so cold. So cold. And I said, why aren't we playing detectives together? Like, yeah. That was so much fun. And you were like, I know, right? And then that summer.
1: When it was very I, when hot. When it was
0: very hot. <laughs> we were in the pool. And I did. I turned to Mike and I said, we should do a horror yeah. movie.
1: And then it was like, well, then we're playing the detectives. Right. And yeah. So it's it's crazy. And I don't want to be like, I'm going to inspire people. But because uh, that's not what I'm about. Fuck all of yeah, you. Yeah, me
0: neither. But I like, don't want to change the world. Sometimes
1: stuff really... Takes a long time to come to fruition. And, um, you know, there were a lot of, I feel like, steps along the way where it would have been easy for people to, you know, bail or, or sort of give up. And I think there were probably nights when I kind of gave up, you Me know. Me too. And, Me too. Um, Cuz it's a long time. Seven it's and it's it's been years for for everybody involved but like for you and I it's been a lot longer. Yeah. Which I finally feel okay telling people when yeah, they're like it's, it's been 2 years I'm like yeah you need to go fuck yourself. Yeah, when people um, are
0: like Oh my god! Finally, when is yeah. this going to come out? It's finally. It's been so long. I shot this like three years ago, and I'm like, yeah, I had the idea in a pool seven seven years,
1: years ago. ago. Yeah, and I I I found my first draft, um, which is just literally titled a uh, theater camp horror movie, mm-hmm. um, and it's you know from 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 fall of 2016. So. All that said,
0: it's it's you know, and I do want to. I'm not that I'm David Lynch. Not I don't want to say that. Not that I'm that I'm Francis Ford Coppola. You're
1: like a young Francis Ford Coppola
0: that you can tell by my mustache. (laughs) Uh, But Eraserhead, Eraserhead took seven years. Yeah, Uh, Apocalypse Now took forever did he ever
1: really finish it i don't think
0: so (laughs) so there you go you know yeah
1: and it just takes time and it takes help from so many different people so
0: many different people and we know better now also that's the other thing is like we we didn't know what we didn't know yeah and we we just kind of our our love of movies Uh uh-huh just kind of like was the thing that made us jump in and go, we could do this.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a huge benefit to that, to, right. to not knowing what you don't know. And then like, you know, also, and like, I don't want to get into all this again, but like, you know, we wrapped a week before quarantine. Right. Like the or like a week and a half. Like we finished the first week of March of 2020. And, and then literally
0: <laughs> March 19th or something yeah, like every, that, like, we went into lockdown. So it was
1: like, it was a crazy, crazy and thing. And just
0: we couldn't get things done. No, we couldn't, we, everybody was couldn't dealing. be in a
1: room together. We, we couldn't
0: be in a room together. It you was, know? it was nuts.
1: It was nuts. So, but everyone stuck with it and everyone did the thing and now it's here. Uh, yeah. and so,
0: and it's so funny because we were, we were scared that we were, I mean, part of our worry, I think I can say this was that we were like, Oh, we're going to lose momentum on what this, yes. on, on the, the
1: themes the and, themes
0: and like the, the stuff that's happening in the movie. Yeah. And, that is still really important. Like the, the meat of what's happening in the story is, is still very important and still very much out there in the world. Mm-hmm. But now there are other things happening in the zeitgeist Yeah, that like, there's all these theater camp movies so that are weird. coming out Yeah, and that's actually fortunate. Like at one point I thought, Oh no, like, Oh no, they're going to like beat us to it or something like that, and I can't remember. Oh, Rob McCullum was the one who said to me, "Don't worry about that." He was like, "That's actually better." Yeah. Because if if that thing is out in the in the world, then people are just gonna right. You're all gonna help each each other. other yeah, It's gonna aggregate like,
1: which is yeah, the fact that all of a sudden there's this movie called Theater Camp, which is totally it's not a horror at all. It's no, it's you know,
0: totally different.
1: But it's like oh, Theater Camp. Is a thing and people know about
0: it. Yeah, well, and the other thing that's a more obscure, Dude. like in my in my my hopes and dreams, is that our movie will become a cult classic. Of course, and then there will be like obscure things uh-huh. that you should that a real fan would know about the movie. Yeah, and so we're gonna get into it. I promise you, we're, we're talking about our inspirations today. But this is a funny thing: is that like when Michael wrote this. The show, the name of the show that our campers are working on is a completely made-up yeah, name.
1: Yeah, completely made-up. And it, it's so, I created a, I mean, fake musical, or we created a fake musical called That's What Mary Saw. What
0: Mary Saw. Yeah,
1: What Mary Saw. The song is That's What's made, that's what what, Mary Saw. That's what Mary Saw. So yeah, saw. What Mary Saw. And really, honestly, the title... I I just was trying to think of like what's a title that doesn't say anything.
0: Right. Well, I remember us talking about this, and we talked about how there are so many movies about theater. Yes. Right. Like the big one for me is *Bullets Over Broadway*, which is like the to me one of the best movies about theater. Oh
1: God. And *God of Our Fathers*.
0: God of Our Fathers. So it's like (laughs) we were trying to emulate those really great movies about theater where they're working on a show. And you never quite know what the, what show, the is. show is about because the title is so vague. Yeah, and the scenes that they're working on make no, no sense. sense.
1: Like, like if you if you put the scenes together in God of Our Fathers or in What Mary Saw, uh-huh. you'd be like, what the fuck? What is, is this, this show? movie
0: about? And that's during production. Yeah, <laughs> Max kept asking me, but what's the show about? And I kept going. Doesn't, it ma- doesn't matter. That's not, <laughs> that's not what the movie's about. Yeah, no, the, the movie's not about what Mary saw. Max, <laughs> this is like, uh, never mind. Um, so,
1: so fast forward or flash forward a few years w-
0: during lockdown. Yeah, like d- the last year, the last year. The la- oh. Wow, the last year of lockdown. Yeah, um, the fact that we did it for years. Um, a movie
1: came out on Shudder. An
0: indie horror movie came out on Shudder <laughs> called the last thing Mary saw.
1: And I, was, and I, I still don't understand. <laughs> I still don't
0: understand it. And we thought, this is so hilarious. This is so hilarious. I can't believe it. So whatever. I had not seen that movie. Right. I just chose not to watch it for yeah. whatever reason. And yesterday, I was sitting at home and I thought, I th- I want to watch the last thing that Mary saw because uh-huh. it's free. Uh, don't do that with the finale. Um, and it oddly coincides with the fake story of our what Harry saw. Yeah, it's
1: so... It's, it's so bizarre. And I
0: had to text you and go, were you like psychically melded with, with this, this person? I
1: don't know. And I'm like, or it's like, maybe Carl Jung was right, man. And we really are just all sharing a consciousness. We're all just a a one,
0: yeah, one collective.
1: It's we're like the It's so board. strange. It's just so weird. And so I know like, I got to work. I got to put something. You got to
0: put that in the trivia on, on the, the IMDb.
1: IMDB. Like, hey, we wrote this years before I'm probably we're working on it at the same time to be honest, but like had no, I'm not making fun of them. Like I didn't know that movie, that movie didn't exist.
0: It didn't (laughs) exist.
1: It's just, but it's, it's just a, such a bizarre, weird, funny thing. Yeah. Um. And like you said, and then all of us, all of a sudden, like we've been working on this for years and it's about to come out. And then like, you know, about a month ago, I mean, how many people texted you the fucking trailer for theater camp?
0: Right. So many people. And I was like, please stop. Stop. I know. I get it. I've I've seen seen it.
1: Joshua Platt or Ben Platt, sorry. Right. I I get it. Um, But yeah, it's like weird. And, and, you know, Max talks about it a lot. It's like, you know, sometimes these just weird things in in the universe kind of just link up and, uh, you know, things sort of like start oddly lining, appearing. appearing and lining up and, and maybe it's just cause you're thinking about it. I don't know, but it's, it's crazy. I'm excited that there's a movie called theater camp coming out. Yeah, I, me I too. think it's hilarious. It's that totally there's a different movie called ours. The last thing Mary saw, but yeah.
0: the other coincidental thing about theater camp is that it, you know, they filmed it in an, another city. I don't know where it was filmed. I don't know, uh, but it is a big theater town. Oh, and the people who made theater camp, Have a similar story to you and me.
1: Like they were
0: just kind of like we're theater people. We can make a movie.
1: That's great. And I'm
0: like, that's fantastic. Yeah,
1: and I mean, and we'll talk about this because when we get into our influences, like nobody's better at making fun of theater than theater Theater people. people. Yeah, like we we get it. We know. We know. We
0: know we're cheesy. Yeah, we get it.
1: So some of us are cheesier than others. Uh, That's true. Um, (laughs) Boom. Funny. Boom. So all of that to say. Today we wanted to one tell everyone Amazon July 28th. The Amazon finale. July
0: 28th we're going to be saying it lots <laughs> of times. Yeah.
1: But we wanted we thought it would be fun or interesting or whatever to go back and talk about some of the like huge influences that we had not just in life or in general to when we're working but specifically to when we, you and I started working on this. Yeah. And so we have some that are similar or not similar. Some that are the same, like yeah. things we talked about early on. And then we have our own separate ones that influences on your, what you wanted to do visually yeah. and, and different things. And then, and then influences that I had when I was actually just like writing the script. So. Right. Um, so let's do it.
0: Let's start with the, the, the common ones. Yeah. Let's, and like, the 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 big one yeah. because we both love this movie so mm-hmm. much i mean i think it's safe to say correct me if i'm wrong michael but i think it's safe to say that scream yes is The greatest, if not one of the greatest slasher, like teen slasher movies of all time. Yeah, It is perfect. And and, and certainly of the 90s.
1: Yeah, and like I've said it, I think many times, it's like literally, like truly one of my favorite movies.
0: Uh Uh-huh, just movies. Yeah,
1: and I watched it, Aspen and I watched it like four nights, like last week, Uh because I was like, well, I just want to watch this again. I'm talking about 1996's Scream, not that bullshit that came out a couple years ago. Right. Also want to point out... Because of the time things take, Scream had not returned when we were making this movie. Right. Um since then, two new Scream movies have come out. Uh, I money. Studio Money, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Makes things faster. So um this was but yeah, Scream was a huge influence across the board. And I think one of the main is is we wanted we were doing it's a horror comedy, and right. I I don't I honestly think. Scream does horror comedy better than any other, maybe than any other movie, other than like maybe Evil Dead Two or something. But that's so different. Like when Scream is funny, it's really funny, and when Scream is terrifying, is, is scary. It's really scary, and yeah. it's a great, it's a great slasher movie, and it's a, I just fucking love it. It's so, I fucking love it. It is,
0: it is. It's self aware without being campy. Yeah, and every character has their role that mm-hmm. they play in the classic slasher yeah but there's no commentary i mean it's weird because there there is one character in the movie that makes commentary Randy. on the genre the whole time yeah. mm-hmm. but it, it's so it's done so cleverly and so authentically yeah. that it's not like it's not the filmmaker patting themselves on the no.
1: back. No, this mean,
0: kid exists.
1: Yes, especially in the nineties. Like, it, it, so this came out in ninety six. So I was like a sophomore, junior in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was between my sophomore and junior year. Uh, anyway, and like you know, I had a, one of my best friends worked at like the hipster video store by where we went to college, and mm-hmm. like while he wasn't obsessed, well, he kind of was obsessed with her, but like he was Randy. <laughs> Right. He was going to tell you everything you didn't know about every movie ever to Right. Because that's what those, they those did. Video
0: <laughs> store workers were like film bros before there were yes, film bros. Exactly.
1: And also like wanted to demonstrate like truly loved film, but also needed you to know that they yeah. knew more than you. Yeah.
0: They're like Roman in Party Down.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> totally like Roman. And so like there are Look, there's your when you see the movie on July twenty eighth on Amazon on
0: Amazon Prime, the,
1: uh, scream as they would say, Scream's DNA is all all, over, all it. over it. But one of the things I thought beyond like the the some of the more you know obvious things um, from Scream are like I have always loved Scream because, and I think we talked about this why I really hated the new one. Um, because all of those kids are specific mm-hmm. and because their relationships are specific, and we have like a lot of kids in this movie. Yeah. I mean, they play kids. Right. Some, of them some
0: of them were, were kids, kids, some of them were, were not
1: adults. Um, but so even even some of the kids who might not have a ton of lines, right? I always, when I was writing it, wanted to make them ex- very specific. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like generic camper theater camper number three. Right. And Scream does that so well mm-hmm. um, with its core group. You
0: care about them.
1: You care about them. And we have we talk yeah. about that all the time. So that, that was a huge part of it. I mean, obviously I, I, I don't even want to say too much, but like, they're so, you know, like Drew's character is so clearly inspired by, right. By Dewey. And, yeah. Um, I, and we're not, we never were pretending it wasn't. Right. Um, and like I said, when we were writing, The Scream hadn't come back. So right. it had been almost, you know, it had been almost over 25 years. Yeah. It had been almost 30 years. It was
0: just one of those things where we were, it, we both really, really, really loved that movie. Yeah. And we're thinking like, what, what is the thing, I guess I can use the word emulate, like what is the thing that we can look at and say, if, if I were making a slasher, I would want it to be like
1: Yeah, and that was the one. That was the one. And it's fun. And you and I have always said, like, we particularly enjoy, in slashers at least, a lot of times, when they're fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um
0: yeah man yeah you can't you cannot i mean like, when
1: uh, you can have serious themes an unfun and still slasher
0: be, becomes the strangers and i can't take yeah that.
1: that's not what <laughs> that's not yeah like that's not what i'm looking to watch right now no. you know so yeah that was a, a huge scream is a huge one and always will be yeah and like What's i said Craven? i watched it yeah thank I you it so f- much yeah i watched it a few nights ago and probably will again in another few nights yeah I, and it holds the fuck up
0: yeah i mean i watch it in the morning sometimes yeah
1: even and again i always love like cuz it's like black christmas and that they're like they have to explain cell phones. Uh-huh. Well, we've cloned That's right. we've cloned his cellular. <laughs> like, what the what does <laughs> what? that mean?
0: How do you clone a cellular? Sidney,
1: I remember being, you know, in college and seeing it the first time and when Sydney she calls 911 on her computer and we were all like, "Man, what is going on in LA? Yeah. Like they're so wow. far ahead of us." <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. You and can like, do that? <laughs> when I was in college, no, but I mean cell phones were very expensive and they still look like bricks.
1: Right, yeah, yeah.
0: My One of my best friends in college, Susie Shaw, was the only one in our department who had a cell phone because her dad was very wealthy so that she could have it in her car on her drive back to Houston. Right. Right? And it was a brick. Oh,
1: yeah, just this giant thing. It was like a purse. Yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. Uh, yeah, so, so funny. Scream, huge.
0: Great. The other common one...
1: Yes, is, is a big one, a huge one, because
0: we both love him.
1: Yeah. And again, maybe actually my
0: favorite movie
1: um, of all time. It's like that or The Godfather, I guess. Is wow,
0: that's really, yeah, that's, I, a, that's a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, is Mulholland Drive, mm-hmm. uh, 2001 David Lynch. Um, I, man.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, specifically from that movie, there is a scene. Yeah. And when you watch our movie, the finale available on Prime January of <laughs> January, July twenty eighth. It'll still be yeah, there in it'll January. It'll still be there in January. But you
1: need to watch it now. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> you'll you'll and if you've seen Mulholland Drive, yeah. you will know it immediately. Yeah,
1: it's it's uh it's it it there there's a scene in Mulholland. Th- whether Mulholland is my favorite movie or not, I don't know, man. That's such a weird question. It it does contain truly my favorite scene in, in all of film them filmed them. Yeah. And, um, that is the, the Rebecca Del Rio scene, um, uh, at the club. And it is, ha- it, it goes back to, I think an earlier scene in twin peaks. Um, and even before that in mm-hmm. blue velvet, like it's obviously a thing Lynch for, has, for him. Yeah. And has always been a thing for us, for me. I mean, and we did something similar in, um, uh, the play that I wrote that you directed. Right. Um, mother Holly. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like how he deals with time and, and the sort of collapse between reality and dream. And if those are d- even different, Uh-huh. how he uses music, right. How he uses performance, how
0: he uses silence, how
1: he uses. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, and it was, uh, I know probably not fun for you, but it was fun for me. Like, cause that was the first scene you shot, mm-hmm. which is the, by far the biggest scene in the movie. Oh my God. By far. And, um, I wasn't there. Brandon and I were, we shooting a commercial that day. And Max day. was gone that and day And Max was too. gone that day too. Yeah. We all had shoots and it was like one of those things, <clears throat> you know, you shoot, we shot when we shot because that's when we could shoot. And like Brandon and I, we, you knew this, like we told you beforehand, like that wasn't, a day of work that he and I could give up, you know, at the time, like we, he, yeah, we did money. Cause we
0: were all still working yeah. while we were doing this. Yeah.
1: And so we weren't there and I know it was crazy and, and saying that it was your first day of shooting, but I, so I had never seen, I uh-huh. had seen photos. Yeah. So when I first got to see that scene after <laughs> we wrapped, I mean, I was just, it's just, it's still, it's just one of my favorite things ever and the way you shot it and the oh,
0: way- Oh, that makes you feel so good. Way, like, I just got chills. The way
1: you and, and Maximo uh, lit it and Maddie is so fucking good in that and Gabrielle. Um, I mean, it's it's lovely. And I think- Yeah. And like, again, not anything we would pretend. Like, if someone was like, that's a lot like Mulholland Drive, like, We're no shit. like, yeah, shit. exactly.
0: Yeah. That is exactly um, like Mulholland Drive.
1: Yeah, and and it, it serves a slightly different- purpose than it does in Mulholland, but also it does it, it's just, but also
0: who can really say what the exactly. club scene in Mulholland I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it, you know, we just saw both of us just saw this, this, um, documentary called, um, uh, leap of faith. Oh
1: man. With William, uh, William Friedkin, with William Friedkin directed, talking about
0: the exorcist. Yeah. And he God, talks
1: given a masterclass.
0: God, I know it's like, I'm going to watch it again. Oh,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: and he talks about these moments of grace. Yeah,
1: that was one of my favorite things.
0: Yeah, and it's it that was really nice to hear as a director. And again, I'm not maybe I am a great director. I don't know, but it was a, a young
1: David Lynch, a young David Lynch, tell by a you.
0: young <laughs> William Friedkin. Um, he talked about things that visual images that that don't necessarily further a plot, right? Not all the time that don't necessarily mean anything that is really tied to the story and yet give you an insight uh-huh. and a feeling of what the movie is about. Yeah. And, and, and you know immediately what it's doing when they're doing it. Yeah, And as a director, I love putting those little moments of grace into my things. And sometimes they just they happen. Yeah, And sometimes I'm like, I'm going, going to put to a dream dance. ballet here because it is important yeah. to me because it's delightful to me.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, even it, it's to me, it's, I, I, to me, it's always been the thing that separates, um, some of the really, truly great, you know, writers and directors from, from just like even good. And I'm again, I'm not saying we're the, making the exorcist or Mohan drive. Like we're not fools, but like that we, we, even in even in this kind of like ridiculous, eighties nineties style camp slasher theater thing, right? We're like, no, we can still have those.
0: There's like a moment of beauty, yeah, and 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 strangeness, and
1: yeah, and and we were, we always wanted to do that, and oh, there yeah. are a couple. That's the. Big, big that's the one. big one and um, there there
0: are some others that didn't make the cut and yeah. they were beautiful yeah but it was like we just need to shave time off the movie yeah we or gotta whatever. Go down yeah that day was i was so nervous because i knew that i had to i knew i wouldn't have you there and i knew i had to win over this crew people that i had never met never met, never really. met. most just, of just i'd been on location like scouts with them but i didn't know them i had not met them and uh i had worked with John Collins, our DP briefly, mm-hmm. uh, but he still didn't know what I was about. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm so grateful to everybody just going like, okay, we're going to jump on board and do this and crazy do this thing. crazy thing. Yeah.
1: It's literally the only scene in the movie with a bunch of extras. Sorry. Yeah. Background artists. Like, yeah.
0: Well, I will always be grateful. Oh, too. they're
1: amazing. And they look amazing. They look fantastic. Yeah. I know everything. And then Maddie sings and you're like, good Lord.
0: Yeah. It um, was, it was really beautiful.
1: Yeah. God, and even... Uh, whatever. It's yeah. Like that wasn't... Maddie was going to play a different role. Like, that even ended up happening for weird behind-the-scenes... Not anything weird. Just someone who was going to play that role couldn't play that role. And Maddie had a different role. And yeah. you were like, I think Maddie should play this other role. And, like, couldn't... like
0: We couldn't, have, couldn't asked have asked for, her, asked like, for a better fit. Like, she's
1: incredible. She's so. incredible. So, yeah. The Scream and Mulholland are our two... Are our big ones. Yeah. um You want to go first with I your-
0: will go first because for me for me, my individual big, big, big mm-hmm. inspiration for this film was Curtains. Yeah. 1981, Man. Canadian film.
1: Underappreciated.
0: Underappreciated still. Yeah. Um, I mean- Give not, it up for
1: these Canadians, y'all. Not
0: among horror fans. Horror fans, like- Sure. Really, I mean, old horror fans. OG horror fans know Curtains and yes. love it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if like the new kids- no, no, no it's so
1: funny too. Odd, I was watching it. I continually watch this documentary called "Searching for Darkness." Um, that's on. It's a this huge three part documentary about eighties um, horror, mm-hmm. and I watch it all the time because I just love it. It's like, yeah, you know, cat, yeah. catnip for me. Uh huh. <laughs> and um, so I was watching it late last night after Aspen went to bed, and they talked about curtains, My Bloody Valentine, um, Terror Train, and one other one that I can't remember, the Prowler. Maybe it was a pro- burning and it was, Oh, the burning. Yeah, it was the burning. And it was the first time Canada was like, we need to give these people some fucking tax breaks. Yeah. And so that started the, the birth of sort of
0: the Canadian, yeah,
1: the Canadian, not just horror scene, but now, I mean, all these decades later, how many American, mm-hmm. you know, they're not like co-pros between Canada and America. Right. And so that that's curtains is, is wildly important. It
0: is really important for that reason too. But it's like, it's got some, I mean like the biggest star in curtains is Samantha Eggers, who at the time was uh, like, I'm going to say, use the word legit. I shouldn't, but like Samantha Eggers was a legit and a known movie star, Mm -hmm. you know, who did stuff that wasn't horror. Right. And she did this low budget Canadian horror film Mm -hmm. and she's fantastic in it. Um, it contains one of my favorite, favorite, favorite kills of all time. It's a
1: legendary kill.
0: Legendary kill. Now, people do know this kill, and n- now I'm friends with the actor.
1: Yeah, it's so who awesome. Who does that
0: kill? Leslie Donaldson, Canadian actress.
1: Because all Canadians know each other. Yeah, so they, know so our we, two they, know,
0: they know our two Canadian friends. So ridiculous. So that's how I met Leslie Donaldson, and she's such a sweet, kind amazing person. It's so awesome. Um, We're going to have her on the show one day,
1: but curtains. So other than, other than that awesome kill, what, what is for the the young people?
0: Well, the the young women, Mm -hmm. uh, so desperate, uh, in our industry and we see it all the time and it's coming to light more. Yeah. But like it is, it is more common with young women in our industry to sometimes be so desperate or, or desire to succeed, mm-hmm. that, that desire to succeed as actors, um, that they will let themselves, I, I shouldn't say let, but they will fall prey yes. to Bengali-like
1: gurus. Yeah, because they're targets for these people. They're tar- and
0: especially young, young women yeah. who, just for those of you who don't know, when you become an actor, and I'm not saying our life is like super hard. We're not curing brain surgery or right. <laughs> curing brain surgery.
1: These fucking brain surgeons, <laughs> <These> brain surgeons <laughs> they need to be stopped. They need to be cured.
0: No, uh, we're not doing anything that's like massively, massively, massively important on that scale. We're right. not anesthesiologists. We're
1: not anesthesia. The, the stakes aren't actually that They're high not actually for actually us. That high.
0: <laughs> but you know, nobody trains you. Right. You, you just kind of get thrown into situations. Even when, you're, yeah. when you go to school for this industry. Yes. Nobody actually tells you how to be in a room, how to behave in a rehearsal room. The how business
1: to, of the thing. The business
0: of the thing. Nobody tells you how to be on set. <clears throat> nobody mentors you. And if you do have somebody who mentors you, that is rare and you are very lucky. Yeah. Like if somebody put, pulls you aside and says, this person, watch out for this person. Right. Like, Listen, if you are a young actor yeah, and somebody's telling you that, listen to that person. Yeah. I've actually made it my business to do that as an older yeah actor in in the industry now um,
1: and so curtains deals so with a Curtin's lot of that. deals
0: with a lot of that these young women who fall prey yeah, to this director mm-hmm. um, and that that's the main inspiration for that
1: yeah, and there's literally a scene that because you knew Curtains way better than than I did. I th- I think I had seen it once as a teenager, and I remembered that kill. But you had pointed out a thing that you wanted me to look at, and so I went back and watched Curtains. And so we have we have a scene that's very much an homage, very, yeah, very. and not that kill because. Because no. there's not snow on the ground <laughs> right. every day where we live. Like I, apparently I just, there's like, in Canada. I just
0: want to describe that kill just really briefly. I know Dude. that's not what this movie's about, but it's like it. It is a great kill because Leslie Donaldson plays an ice skater, a figure <laughs> it's skater.
1: So, it's so fucked up. Who, in the
0: middle of the day with the sun shining in this beautiful snow landscape, she goes out to this frozen lake to rehearse to yeah. to practice, and the 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 monster, the killer. Who is wearing a wacky old lady mask? Yeah, totally. Like
1: bizarre.
0: Slow motion (sighs) skates towards her, and there's no score. The only score is the sound of Of the skates skates, coming at her slow motion, and then the kill is
1: just—it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's still scary to me. Oh, it's—I mean, it's 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 like it's a legendary kill. Yeah, and that's not the scene we we. Homaged. No, but um, go
0: watch curtains, and you're uh, yeah, yeah,
1: it's amazing. Um, so my first one, this is gonna this is gonna be strange. Uh, is actually a movie I don't like. Um, what? that I have talked about on here because it's sacrilege. It's Friday the Thirteenth. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, but there's a difference between not liking a movie exactly. and, and, and failing to acknowledge the importance of the movie
1: to the genre. That's what I'm talking about, right. Christy. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. To tell the people.
0: Because we can tell the difference between yeah, those things. so
1: I don't like Friday the 13th. I don't hate it or anything. I just think it's...
0: It's, it's a terrible screenplay, Michael. It's one of the
1: worst screenplays ever. Um, yeah. Kevin Bacon's going to be famous. Yep. Watch out for that young yep. man. Yep. But exactly like you said, just because I don't like the movie doesn't mean I cannot acknowledge its insane cultural impact. Yeah. Um, Not just on the genre, but like on teenagers who were teenagers when I was a teenager. Right, me too. Um, And so the minute we started talking about Summer camp, even though our movie is is musical theater camp, it's still this sort of summer camp vibe that takes
0: place in the summer.
1: Yeah, and so there were th- like I mean, most
0: theater camps. Yes,
1: and so it was like, well, I'm not going to ignore fucking Friday the 13th. That sort of defined, even though the burning was technically first. Uh huh. It did not have the cultural impact that Friday the 13th. It
0: didn't because it was Canadian.
1: Yes, and, even though it's better. And and it had a a, a male. Protagonist. That's right. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah.
0: And also has a legendary kill.
1: Yes. Oh, my does. God. It does. Yeah. Um, but so, again, I don't even like there are certain things in this movie, like even when I was writing it, and then I think obviously you nailed perfectly when we were shooting it, but like, no, we're going to have some shit in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> like, like exactly. we're not going to do a summer camp movie and not have some shit in the woods. Right. And so, um, and also like, also, there's a thing in Friday the 13th, which I think is sort of like prevalent in so many 80s movies and was sort of honestly just prevalent in our lives. It's like, oh no, a camper can disappear for 12 hours and no one will notice. And nobody will notice. And and I know, I remember people sort of saying like, man, it's a weird thing in your script that nobody no- notices she's gone. I'm like, bitch, no one ever knew where we were.
0: Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody fucking cared. cares. Uh, yeah, yeah, nobody
1: cared. And it's like, takes even even the one adult who's decent in in at the camp in our movie, like this, you know,
0: it takes them. <laughs> it takes Alec hour, like, oh, hours where to figure person? out where is this other person, <laughs> and I, that was one thing that always bothered me. I got not bo- I annoyed me when we were making the movie was, and maybe it's because we had been working on it for so long that by the time it got to other people, they had all of these questions. Yeah, and we were like, we've thought about this. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't about worry it. about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. We've, we've discussed it a million, a million times.
1: Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, it's like Friday the 13th. <laughs> Friday the 13th does a great job of capturing that. Like, you, of course, they can go off and fuck or whatever because right. nobody cares. Yes. Nobody cares where they are. There used to be a Especially thing. Especially in the 80s. Y'all, there used to be a thing when Christy and I were younger in the 80s uh, <laughs> that literally would come on TV at night and mm-hmm. it would be like, it's 10 o'clock. Do you, Do you know, know where your children thinking? are? Yeah. So y'all. Like, parents had to be reminded. Like, oh, fuck. Where's our kid? And these weren't seen as bad parents. These were just everyday. It was just the world. Parents. Yeah, man. So that was uh again, and like I say, I don't like Friday. The 13th, I just don't like Friday the Thirteenth on the level that s- so many people do. I just think Halloween is right. so much of a it's better movie. It's real campy.
0: Like yeah. I mean, like it. It's overly campy yeah. and and uh, it is
1: p- It's so badly the, paced. Anyway, of, like
0: we're ragging on Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, 13th. no, no, it's it,
1: but at the same time. I know how important it is, and I do acknowledge the things it does really well. Right, and so that was it. It was like we
0: wanted stuff to happen in the woods. We wanted
1: stuff to happen in the woods. We wanted kids to be able to go missing,
0: right? And nobody nobody noticed. So yeah, yeah. So that's that one. Uh, My next one is uh, 1974's Black Christmas. Man, hell yeah um which i still think is one of the greatest slasher movies i don't Agreed. even know if it counts as a slasher it should
1: i mean it's it's pre halloween and i think halloween ended up kind of defining that term but yeah, i mean black
0: like we halloween
1: wouldn't be around without black christmas yeah, i don't think yeah
0: killer and the the other thing so the thing that mostly influenced me about black black christmas was that for such an early movie of this kind where you have a situation where there's like a group of women um that it's it's oddly progressive, in yeah. it's view of like feminism right and yeah. female agency mm-hmm.
1: um, to the point where if you go back and listen to our review of the remake uh-huh. uh, I mean, I think we both argued that the original is actually is actually far more progressive than the, the remake. remake that came out forty years later, right or almost fifty years
0: and it also does a really good job of not fetishizing female uh, like. Violence perpetrated yeah. on women. Mm-hmm. Um, these awful things are happening to the women in the film, right? Right. Um, and you've said it before. Anybody who wants to argue, it. These movies have women as the protagonists mostly. These things happen. Yeah. These things happen to everybody in the world. Serial killers target everybody in the sure. world. Sure. But in a movie and in storytelling, usually the person that you're going to root for is the person who is, has. Less physical strength, that is more vulnerable yes. in the world because you want them to win, yes. right? And so your protagonist is going to be
1: often a, a woman, a, often yeah. a woman, or a child,
0: or a child, yeah. Um, and they do that really, really well. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, our final girl in that movie has agency. Mm-hmm. She knows what she wants. She's not afraid to stand up to the patriarchy, right? Um, and the other character played by Marco Kidder mm-hmm. in the movie who any like back in the time you would argue, oh, she's the slut. Mm-hmm. Her death in the movie is also not fetishized.
1: No, no. She just
0: kind of like, it happens to her. Yeah. And we don't get to see this like weird Ugh, yeah. thing.
1: No, it's, it's, I think it's so far ahead of its time. And like I said, I think it's far more progressive than the remake, which I guess I'm a dick for because the remake I think was made by women and the oh, original was not. But it, it the, the remake to me is so like
0: I don't doesn't know scratch it doesn't the surface. scratch the surface. There's no at all.
1: nuance at all. Because also the look, I don't want we don't need to go down this path. Black Christmas, the original, is also like, no, these women aren't perfect. Because that in itself is fucking sexist. Right. <laughs> like they're they, just actual fucking human beings. They're just people. They're flawed. They're flawed but also have good in them. Know yeah. what they want. They're strong. Also sometimes they're vulnerable. Yeah. Weird.
0: Also sometimes they sleep around.
1: Yeah. Because Weird. that's
0: what people that's what girls that's what kids in
1: college do. Yeah. And so I, I, I think it's great and like I, I, I knew we had talked and so I knew Black Christmas was one of yours and one of and one of the sadder things, I shouldn't say sad, we had an awesome homage to Black Christmas that ended up having to get cut for, right. for time and things, um, which I think was the right call. But uh, when we do the DVD special...
0: Oh, yeah. We're going to include thing? all the like the, the <laughs> cut scenes. Yeah. Um, um,
1: there was like a, a very clear sort of homage to um, a Black Christmas death that's still, to this day, one of my favorite uh, kills in any order.
0: And in case you don't know this about, about Black Christmas that particular kill within the movie never gets
1: discovered. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's such a brilliant, and it, it's and such a brilliant the movie circles thing. back to it. Yeah, it's yeah. so smart. It's so um, smart.
0: Um, and Olivia Hussey is beautiful in it. It's like Olivia Hussey, Andrea Martin, Margot Kidder, yeah. uh, Keir Dulea. 47-year-old. 47-year-old <laughs> Keir Dulea.
1: Grad student. Who
0: had already played the astronaut. In yeah. 2001, Space Odyssey. Now
1: he's in. Now he's in college. Now he's in college,
0: <laughs> learning how to play piano. Yeah, um, crazy. But um, he's great in it. Yeah,
1: and like you know, hey, if you're gonna go down the tat rabbit hole, we have reviewed both of uh, both Black Christmases. Yeah, Black, uh, the the original and the remake.
0: Christmas Eye.
1: Christmas Eye. <laughs> Gift of the Christmas eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my second- I
0: can't talk today, and I think it's because- it's The pool just made me crazy. Me
1: too, and we're going to go long today, and I don't even care. Yeah, I
0: don't give a shit.
1: So my second one, not surprising, is another David Lynch thing, and not technically a movie. Uh, it's Twin Peaks, and- um, <laughs> Of course. Yeah, and so Twin Peaks for me, th- there's, like, again, if you see the movie uh, on July 28th on Amazon Prime- um, <laughs> Look, I mean, the diner is sort of the obvious thing, right? Right. Like that's, I mean, we have a waitress named, you know, Norma, like absolutely. But for me, really, the inspiration for Twin Peaks, um, I think one of my favorite things about what Lynch and Frost do is how how you come to sort of see the friendship between Cooper and Sheriff Truman, mm-hmm. and it's it's like revealed in these weird. Idiosyncratic conversations right. about pie and trees and right. fishing and whittling. And so when I was writing a lot of Rizzo and Reyes, who are you and Played me? Played by
0: Michael Federico and Christy Bella.
1: Exactly. And granted, in our in the movie, we've known each it, clearly yeah. we've been partners for a long time and in Twin Peaks they meet in the pilot. But I, I was like, I want to reveal their relationship as much as I can in strange conversations. Right. Like things about what they liked on television, when they were young, mm-hmm. what foods they like, how Reyes has to continually explain what like teenagers are to Rizzo, right? He just doesn't get. He doesn't get kids it. at all, and so that was like a huge, huge thing I took from from Twin Peaks. You know,
0: I think one of the lovely things that you achieved in in that is that there is a wonderful tonal shift in the movie when we are with the kids. In the camp. Yes. Right? And then there's this tonal shift when we go to Reyes and Rizzo that just kind of like lifts you up mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and and it, that was really great.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's one of my favorite parts. And you shot those scenes totally differently than you shot the camp. And, and yeah, I mean, I look, they're... I, I love Reyes and Rizzo. Yeah. Um, also, they're coming back. They're going to come back, baby. Come on. Come they're, on. You they, can't keep Reyes, you can't and, Rizzo keep Reyes down. and Rizzo. Are down? they good cops? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know. All my favorite cop shows, though, which are BBC cop shows, Yeah. that's the question. Yes. The I, question is, I was like, are wait, they. Wait, did they do anything? Did they do yeah. anything? Are they good cops? Yeah. One of my no. favorite cop shows, Scott and Bailey. They, it's an amazing cop show. These two women and they're amazing detectives, but they're not really great people. Yeah,
1: I mean, and <laughs> even like I think even like the genius of Twin Peaks is is Cooper is like you know Sherlock Holmes, brilliant, right? Uh-huh. I mean, he's truly Cooper is like Sherlock Holmes, yeah, and like, like can savant, a savant, and can learn through dreams and uh-huh. throwing rocks. But even despite all of Cooper's genius. He fucks up over and over and over again. and over again. And so we never wanted, like, we wanted Reyes and Rizzo to be good detectives and who care. I mean, uh-huh. ne- look, I don't want to get into a whole political thing. But, like, they they,
0: they, fuck, they up. fuck up. They fuck up.
1: So, yeah, Twin Peaks, huge.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. I love playing this role so much. I only want to do that. Um, okay. My next one 1977's Suspiria. Hell yeah. And I had to say 1977, (sighs) not the atrocity that came out recently. Come on, man. Um,
1: Fuck that movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. My inspiration from Suspiria, and the thing I've always loved about what Argento does in his films, but especially in this movie, is uh, the lighting that makes no sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's the best thing
0: ever. And he doesn't care. <laughs> no. Like, you can be watching Suspiria, and there's something happening in a kitchen during the day, Uh-huh. and you're like, where's that green light coming from? <laughs> Why are they cooking in that room? But also... You don't care. Hell yeah,
1: I'm glad that green yeah, light's there. It's like
0: why is there a mirror being reflected in that person's face? <laughs> like I don't understand. Sorry, I hit the mic. Why is there a hallway of razor wire? It's at a dance studio. At a dance, dance studio. School. There's a room of razor wire.
1: <laughs> Christy, you gotta put the razor wire somewhere. <laughs> it's be
0: put away somewhere. Um,
1: for that dance school. <laughs>
0: so when you watch the movie,
1: yeah. Available
0: July twenty eighth. Oh, on, on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah, yeah. You, there are scenes in the movie that are l- that are very specifically lit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. To you, and you'll know them if you're an Argento fan. And I remember talking to the gaffer, and so this is part of the awesome trivia of the movie, or whatever the happenstance or how we learned was. In theater, things are done very differently. Yes. In theater, the director has access to all of the creatives, the designers, right? Uh-huh. And as the director, I can turn to the lighting designer and say, I want this to happen in the lights. Right. This is what I want to happen. And the lighting designer talks to me directly. Right. Right. In filmmaking, <laughs> if the director is not the DP. Right. 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 The director talks to the DP and the DP talks to the gaffer. Right. Right. The director doesn't really talk to the gaffer. Right. And so I did not understand that right. at first. And so I would go to the gaffer, Maximo Contreras, and say, this is what I want. And Maximo would be looking at me like, have we, is, am I, can I? Right. And John was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I finally learned oh, okay, I'm supposed to be talking to John right? and John talks to Maximo. Max- right. And actually Maximo taught me that lesson. But then we all just kind of learned to work. They also were like, oh, she comes from theater. Right,
1: it's done differently.
0: It's done differently. So we both sides kind of allowed yeah. each other Which to was great. learn. And that was so amazing because then I, I did get to hang around Maximo a lot mm-hmm. who explained to me how things were done. Right. And I was like, Oh, this is great. I'm, I I went to school. Like these people taught me and I will forever be, I mean, I don't want to get mushy, but I'm going to get mushy. But in particular, John Collins, Maximo Contreras, Chachi hood, Elizabeth Martin, and Desiree Fultz. It was like going to school yeah, every day. And these
1: were like people who've done it a bunch. Yeah. It was awesome.
0: And so Suspiria was a lot, a lot of the lighting. Like I would say, I want there to be a red light back here Yeah, as they cross. And everybody was like, why? <laughs> or not everybody. Some people totally understood.
1: Right. But some people don't yeah. know Argento or yeah. whatever.
0: And we're like, why is there a red light in that particular hallway? And we're like, because,
1: because there is the
0: theater. Yeah, maybe, There can be a red light anywhere. Maybe
1: that's where the razor wire yeah, is kept. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, and then even like, man, you just because how well, you know, the theaters in town, like there's the one, you know, we use one, we use multiple theaters and, and for studios and and everything. And so there was the one scene of dance class where you Uh were like, we have to shoot it in this particular upstairs studio space at, at one of the DTC buildings because they're, for whatever reason, this is real. They're just these blood red fucking walls. Yeah. And so... It's a black
0: box. Yeah. And it's painted, painted red, red. Blood and red.
1: Blood red. And so you were like, so this is this is another way we can sort of do some art, uh, Suspiria type stuff. Suspiria
0: and type stuff and also instant art direction. Yes. Like instant production value. Yeah.
1: I mean, that room just like... And like, we didn't paint it. That room's been like no, that no, for yeah. years. You walk
0: in and it's like, oh, some sinister shit has happened. Like, what in the here? Hell? And it's the Frank Lloyd Wright building. So there's no right angle in that room. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, which is like, a Nargento film, yeah, it's like so great. The house that she goes to, where the dance school <laughs> is located, is there a right angle no. in that building?
1: Also, why is there so much glass, Christy?
0: And so many hallways. <laughs> it's so weird. There's so many hallways, and that was like that was the advantage actually of being at the Kalita Humphreys.
1: Oh man, was it's incredible. Yeah,
0: so there, Frank Lloyd Wright, dude, <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright, and there were places in that building where I was. Uh, yeah, exactly, because like the lobby stuff. Even though the office stuff was in, other, in another place, the idea, like Argento's idea or, or Argento's lack of caring for, for architectural spaces that make sense, Yeah, um, I, went, I just went with it. Yeah. I leaned into it.
1: No, it's great. I mean, that's it's so good. Uh, so my third one is not a horror movie at all. Uh, my third one is, is another 1996 movie. So the same year Scream came out. God, that was an important year for me. Yeah. Uh, is waiting for Guffman.
0: Oh my gosh! I don't think I knew this. Um,
1: I I think waiting for Guffman, which is uh, Christopher Guest movie, um,
0: mockumentary,
1: mockumentary. Yeah, and and he and I mean it's his that incredible. Yeah, Catherine O'Hara. It was O'Hara. like the, the I mean, first
0: time he had. No, no, it's not because he did Spinal Tap. Yeah, but, but it he was didn't like
1: Ryan direct Reiner, Reiner directed yeah. Spinal Tap. Right, so it, it's. I mean, it's the great, it's one of the greatest collection of comedic actors. Catherine O'Hare is better than everyone. Yeah. At what? Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. And Eugene Levy wrote it with um, Guest, but they wrote, they just wrote a very detailed outline mm-hmm. and then the actors improvised the dialogue. Parker Posey. Yeah. Parker oh, I mean, it's.
0: It's all those Second City folks. Well, Parker Posey isn't, but like. But a lot. Yeah. A lot of them are Second City yeah,
1: folks. Yeah, from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it makes fun of slash celebrates a specific type of theater um, better than any other movie I've ever seen. it really does. And so when I really like, and it's another one where you're like, what is this play? (laughs) What are they talking about? What is Red, White, and Blaine? But there were some (laughs) things in this, this was like, I talked to John, Flores about and Jim Kinzer and Max mm-hmm. uh, Hartman, you know, who, who in some, all
0: worked on music, in
1: some form or another, the, the four of us wrote in different pairs wrote this, the parts of this fake right. musical, the lyrics and the music. And what's brilliant about, I mean, there's so much that's brilliant about Guffman. Like it's literally go fucking watch it. Like yeah. These if you people,
0: haven't, I can always tell, I'm going to say this. I can always tell if I'm going to get along with a theater person based on whether they like waiting for Guffman right. or they hate, hate it Because they
1: feel they're insulted by it. Yeah, they feel it. they're
0: being insulted by it. And I'm like, uh, just don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah,
1: but like one of the things they do in Guffman and and what they did in Spinal Tap um, and then Mighty Wind is as goofy as the music is, uh-huh. It is t- th- those guys are musicians. Yeah. And so when I was working with either Jim John or Max, who all three of them are very talented musicians, I was like, no, these, it's gonna, the lyrics are gonna be, st- I will write the stupidest fucking lyrics you've ever heard, but we need this to sound like this is a real musical. This,
0: yeah, this is an important piece
1: of and, art. And Guffman does that so. Well, like the song "Stool Boom," which is like one of the dumbest lyric songs. Yeah. Like Chris Guest knows how dumb, but like musically is so complex. Yeah.
0: And and even the song that doesn't make it into the movie uh, when they're singing by the river, yes. And like a penny for your thoughts, <laughs> beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. love ballad. Yeah,
1: and then if you just Ridiculous. listen to certain lyrics, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And so, yeah, when the when like I said, I would either work with Jim John or or Max. In, it was always like, no, we. Th- this is serious. Yeah, like, we're
0: not poking fun at it. No,
1: and the actors are so good at not, uh, our actors, yeah. I mean, Guffman too. I mean, the brilliance of Guffman is, n- they're so committed. Yeah,
0: there's one scene in particular where, I'm just gonna say it, where we're kind of poking fun at Les Mis.
1: Absolutely, we are.
0: And the two actors in the scene are so, There's first of all, they're amazing singers. Yes. Such beautiful singers And they are taking it so seriously and singing the piece so beautifully. Yeah. But it's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: And like that to me is way funnier and way more effective. And so it's what that's to me was just, just a huge inspiration from from guffman yeah um <laughs>
0: on those days like on that day the film people were like why is this so funny to them yeah why are all the theater people
1: laughing right and it's like look th- those <laughs> i think those are some jokes like hey man maybe not everybody gets them right but the people who do will absolutely get them and so yeah that's waiting for guffman 1996 it's kind of what it's like good. was the rebirth of chris guest who side note is married to jamie lee curtis so
0: he yeah. is and also is a baron
1: yeah, dude, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. He, what is it?
1: It's the Baron, Baron Von Guest. Baron yeah, Von Guest. I think there's a Von in there. Yeah, yeah. And
0: so, which makes Jamie Lee Curtis a, a Duchess or a Baroness so or awesome. something. Yeah. She's like a Marquess, <laughs> the Marchioness of Hexham. <laughs> she's
1: the Marchioness of Hexham. Yeah. That's <laughs> she, who she married Bertie Pelham. Yeah. Uh, all um, right. What do which you get? I totally would too.
0: Okay. So, my last one, and I know it's going to seem weird. Maybe it won't seem weird, um, is Silence of the Lambs.
1: I think that's great
0: um it's never weird 1991 and th- this is also for like lighting purposes i mean clearly my job on the movie is to make pretty pictures right mm-hmm. to, to take care of the acting and to make sure that it looks pretty so there there were a lot of images that inspired me from other you've got 95 good images i right. just always remember that david lynch thing um And there is a scene, and I think when you see it, you'll know, there's a scene in the movie that is directly inspired by one of the big scenes Mm -hmm. in Silence of the Lamb when they discover that Hannibal has escaped. Right. Um, And, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, backlighting. um, The way the movie looks you know, yeah and I think our movie actually does have we talked you and I talked about this a lot. Our movie does have a nineties kind of look yeah, definitely. to it. It's kind of mixed in with all this like eighties, late seventies stuff, but the look of the movie is very nineties mm-hmm. as far as like art direction and how it all comes together. And that movie in particular was a big inspiration to me. Or um, a lot of the stuff that happens in the theater. Yeah. Like, when we're in the theater space. Mm-hmm. Um Because that movie's pretty theatrical. Oh, um, yeah.
1: D- and then when
0: we cut away from the stuff that happens in the movie, when we're in the Rizzo and Reyes, it's less, it's more light. It's right. More. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean...
1: That's a great film.
0: It is a great film. It is a horror movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, come on. Uh, my final one, this is a real weird one, is also not a horror movie, and it's very specific to one thing, is uh, 1986 is Pretty in Pink.
0: I love it.
1: So there's one character in the movie that when I started writing it, my, my thought process was, this is what would have happened if Steph, who is um, James Spader... Uh-huh. greatest villain of all time. <laughs> if Steph from pretty in pink grew up to be a television actor. And so it's, so there's a character named Steph, which is an homage to Steph. Right. But that's not the, but character. that's not
0: the character. Yeah.
1: So, uh, that, so I, it's, it's such a weird thing. Um,
0: but it's true. It's, I can yeah, totally see it. Yeah. And
1: obviously the actor who, I don't even want to give it away, but yeah, yeah is, is amazing and did his own, put his own thing on it. Cause he's incredible. Um, but yeah, that's where that the, the sort of birth of that character came from was what if Steph from Pretty in Pink grew up to be a TV actor. So yeah, so Pretty in Pink, man. I mean, come on, it's a classic, right? It
0: is a classic. It's a classic to us. I know yeah. that some people find I'm sure it- sure it's
1: problematic. Problematic. Now. Sure.
0: It's not problematic to me because I grew up in the 80s and we are the slightly toxic generation. Yeah,
1: and um, you know- He's goddamn, dude. Spader's so good. I
0: mean, I'm telling you, I watched that movie for Spader. Yeah. Oh, frankly. absolutely. I mean, I love Ducky. I love Andy. Sure. Hardeen e. Stanton, amazing. Great. Whatever. Whatever. But no. I watched that movie for James Spader,
1: just smoking in a hallway, wearing in high school. a
0: deconstructed two piece suit, <laughs> absolutely, with a t shirt, like super sunny and tubs or whatever. Yeah. And, Croc
1: and Tubs. Crockett and tubs.
0: And I'm still like. Sonny it, Crockett, yeah, you're right. I would still smash. Like, dude. I, I I mean, even, and I was the friend of the Andy character in that movie. Like, right. I was part of the outside group, gothy, yeah. weirdo kids. And I would still get with Steph's character yeah. if I had the chance.
1: he's, he has, he's one of those, like, dude, I told you, I think last time we talked, like, I watched Mannequin randomly. He's the thing of course he's always the best thing like he's spader is so fucking good and so yeah like because like when i was trying to think about just like you know how you approach like a horror villain i, I don't or whatever or just like a terror kind of a dick but but that is also likable like because right. like I right who has riz who i has, just
0: i yeah. just learned this I did term too. i just learned yeah. that
1: term too yeah because you still want this character to People to engage with and understand. You
0: want people to understand why?
1: Yeah, things have happened or whatever. Yeah. And 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 so yeah, that's where I started. I started with Steph. That's brilliant. Pink, and then like I said, named a totally different character, Steph, just as like an homage to that.
0: It so. would have worked for me. I would have been that kid that was like
1: <laughs> this guy. This guy. I'm going to take see that. Suit? <laughs> I'm going to
0: take like private acting lessons from him at midnight. Yeah, t- t-
1: t- totally. Yeah, yeah. Look at his deconstructed two piece suit. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I, I, know we all have other ones. One, I just, I, I won't get into it cause we've already done our list, but like also Nightmare on Elm Street, don't trust adults. Don't trust adults. They are keeping a secret from they you. They are keeping <laughs> all
0: the secrets from you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are our inspirations for, uh, the finale. When's of, that,
1: when's that available? It's available
0: Christine? July 28th.
1: On Amazon?
0: On Amazon Prime.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's for, amazing. For purchase or rental. This, I mean, You could do both. I feel like you should probably do both.
0: I think you should purchase it and then you should rent it over and over and over again. <laughs> and then you should, please, everybody, don't have watch parties. <laughs> the, Michael and I are asking people to not have watch parties.
1: Yeah, if you do, make sure everybody also rents yeah, it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's a thing on Amazon Prime, actually, that we should try. But actually, this is what you should do. Where it's like <laughs> yeah. a watch party option when you are in your own home and a whole group of people rent the movie at the same time and then you can all text each other
1: during like it via
0: Netflix or Venmo. Or yeah it's like one of those things <laughs> that young people use. Uh-huh. That's what you should do. Absolutely. Stay in your houses, people.
1: Totally You don't
0: know what's out there. Yeah
1: it's safer in it's your safer house. Safer
0: in your house. Everybody rent it. Yeah. Everybody in the household rent it.
1: Yes. Get start new accounts like
0: i don't even care if you watch it honestly like me. i just want you to rent it and have it playing in another room
1: on a loop
0: <laughs> for yeah for those of you that listen to our podcast that do not like horror movies it's so weird that you don't watch horror movies um you'll love this one but if you don't want to watch it just you know yeah the, help a sister out yeah come and on rent it and then just
1: the music's you. great the you music's listen great. to max and john and jim and Oh, do we
0: want to talk about, just like briefly, because we already went over time, yeah. like music inspirations?
1: Sure. I mean, I think, uh, I, I, you know.
0: I didn't include this other movie because it mainly served as music inspiration for me. But I, I will talk about yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. So for me, like the big music inspiration, and it's one of my favorite movies, you know this, is uh, The Haunting of Julia. Mm-hmm. It's also called Full Circle in the UK. Right. But it's a, a late 70s Ghost yeah, story, which we've starring, also reviewed. Yeah, Mia Farrow, and the the music is so compelling and sweet, and it kind of just riffs on this one melody mm-hmm. and is really simple. But it's it's um I don't know. There's something about it that's melancholy. Yeah, and also sinister.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. And I mean, Max, I know Max and Jim and John have their, and Max and Brad Dale, and I know they have their own yeah there were things like, yeah, you talked about that, and i mean when we when we were working on the fake musical, um there was very much like this is the lay miz song, um you know, this is the this
0: uh, is the evan Hansen this is the
1: Evan Hansen, Hansen song. song, yeah, and so like we we would have those specific references, and I think mm-hmm. john um and jim in the in the dream or not the dream, whatever. The Mulholland also, I think, played a musical influence in that yeah. in that scene as well. Um, I mean, and then John used like lyrics from Shakespeare. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, it's all theater stuff.
0: It's all yeah crazy theater stuff. And um, you, we talked a lot about John Carpenter's yeah and how simple, like a simple melody, a simple riff, like repeated. Um, yeah, and then I'm just gonna give him a shout out because I think it was really brilliant, Max. Is a very talented musician, and Max and Brad Dale from Dallas Audio Post wrote the score for the movie. Uh-huh. And Max had the brilliant idea of the score being um, with a like with a metronome. Yeah, because it is musical theater. Yes, so that everything that happens to move the tempo and pace along of the movie is with the metronome. Yeah. And to use piano as like percussive and melodic, yeah, um,
1: to sort of tie it to musical theater, yeah, um, yeah. And so, I, you know, I don't. I, it's funny because like you know the Elm Street thing I just mentioned, like that honestly didn't hit me until like last night. So you know, there's like influences that everybody had and that we yeah we are influenced that, that we didn't by even maybe know everything
0: know? I've ever seen yes. in my except life. except
1: the remake of Suspiria. Oh my
0: god! Well, I was influenced by <laughs> to, to not to not make make it. it. <laughs> like that yeah. yeah to not like involve a <laughs> completely different plot line that has nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with anything. The, anything in the movie
1: ah, i hate it so much yeah um all right y'all one more time july 28th amazon prime july
0: 28th amazon prime the finale we're so excited y'all and we, we we truly are it's uh yeah we're usually more excited and we're usually more animated but we're both so tired
1: yeah: yeah, <laughs> Sunday, uh, Sunday morning afternoon. And, but yes, it's and yeah. go check it out. This has been such a, a labor of love. A
0: labor of love. I am going to post the original video from Dallas Theatre Center that inspired.: Hell, yeah. Um, Rizzo and Reyes. Yeah. I'm going to post it in our Facebook page and in our Instagram, so go look at that and see what, what the inspiration was for these two crazy detectives. And one more time, Michael.
1: July 28th, Amazon Prime. The finale. Yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Applause to you and me. We made a movie. Yeah, we did. We did it, Michael.